The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and guest Charlie Clawson. Uh, returning guest Charlie Clawson. Wendy Wyson is back. I like it. It, it. We were you were just gas bagging. We were just gas gas bagging off air, and then we were like, "Well, why don't we just turn on the microphones and tell these stories?" That that makes a lot more sense. I think we've talked about all the people and things that we couldn't talk about on a podcast. I'm quite sure I'll stumble on a few more. Right. Like, okay. Well, that's fine. So you you but we you were about to launch into a story about we were talking off air to, to catch people up. We'll do a little you know a previously on Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were we I saw you by the way. I've seen you? your episode now. I thought you were excellent. Thank I thought your much. mind made a lot more sense. Did it? Yeah. So <laughs> I was. I went home and started panicking that I shouldn't have said that because I had this thing because you know how you're not allowed to give spoilers away about shows. I suddenly thought, oh my god, what if this sort of Sherlock police are going to come after me? I mean, in Sherlock too, you, you you never know because like for people who've watched the the whole third series now, it's very much a like there are throwaway bits in you know the first couple of episodes that really yeah. do feel like throwaway bits that you know by the third episode you're like, oh, that was actually really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like imagine if the whole series um, like pivoted on that line you changed yeah, yeah. and no one picked it up at the time. <laughs> like on the day they're like, that is a heaps better line. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets oh, to the no, final episode. Oh, this doesn't make any sense at all. It's like we're doing a callback to a joke that wasn't set up. She <laughs> has ruined this brand and this franchise. <laughs> but that was that was one thing on like um, I think it was Sherlock where he once said do- somebody said dollars rather than pounds and everyone was like, oh, he sold out and gone for the American market. And then it turned out like later on in the episode that right. was the giveaway. That was a sort of Scooby Doo moment where oh he said dollars because he's been in America. Ah, oh. and of course in these, you, saw, you, you go back to the timeline and Twitter. Yeah. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, spotted that. I told him. Yeah, I totally well, I mean, at least I picked it up. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that's. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right, Sherlock. Uh, okay, so we were talking about um, comedians who change their uh, material. Um, you know, yes. when you go uh, to different countries, whether you do the thing of just going, well, I'm going to tell this story about... Like, people ask about me at home all the time. They're like, do you change your show much from Australia, you know, to take it overseas? Yeah. And to be honest, I don't. Because most of the time, like, the joke should work... Anywhere, like, if the yeah. joke well, only relies funny. on a reference... Yeah. Then it's it, then it's not really a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. The joke should work by itself, and sometimes you might need to explain an extra line of what that thing is, or where that place is, or who that person is, or whatever. But yeah. but you can kind of just tell it, and people I think like to hear about where you're from and, and go and, with it. Yeah, right. I, I, I guess also it's more important to be interesting than to be funny. I think if you're telling an interesting story, <laughs> that's my excuse. Yeah, that that, that to does it. sound like someone I know who's I'm not funny. Had a couple of <laughs> couple of ordinary gigs. Well, it's interesting, right? That's more important. <laughs> It's more important. I think we call this stand-up interesting, right, guys? Who's with me? Who's down yeah? to the interesting club? What is with that? People have to what are we, what are we doing for our hands now? Something uh, interesting, I hope. Assholes. <laughs> People expect too much of comedians. Oh, the amount of times on the internet the young people send me a, a little tweet and on the end it says, roll on the floor, being interesting. <laughs> Hashtag interesting. Hashtag interesting. <laughs> uh, I do think it's important to be interesting, though. 
I think it is very important to be interesting. If you manage to do both, then you're a genius. Right. But oh yeah, what was going to, I was t- telling you about the um, comedians changing things. Yes. I saw Seinfeld at the comedy store. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. who I adore. I think he's a brilliant comic. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, He's a little known act. If you haven't heard of him, check him out. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. It was so sweet because we heard he was going to go into the store. Uh-huh. And then everyone's like, Jerry Seinfeld's going to close the comedy store. He's going to close. So yep. right about 10 o'clock at night, all this, you see the door opening in the comedy store and all these comedians sl- slipping in to see him. And the, the compere, um, Pete Johansson, mm-hmm. who's a comic you may know, um, said, and now please welcome a very good friend of mine. Of course, I'm like, fuck off. He's not your friend. Right. <laughs> very good friend of mine, Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And the audience are going, oh my God, is it actually Jerry? Jerry and Seinfeld. he comes up and right. he goes, I know, what am I doing here? I made it already. <laughs> this is crazy. And it was brilliant. And then he started to chat. And then he went into a bit of material that I reckon he might have written that day. Right. And this is why the audiences are so clever and so with it and so on it. He said, you know, and I was walking down Portobello Road and I was thinking, what, this isn't a mushroom. And the audience went, mm, mm. no, not that one. No, it's not a... <laughs> I mean, to you, that might be a great joke. You might have been the yeah. first person who's walked... Yeah, to you, way. that's the first time you've walked down Portobello Road and you've thought of that. But you know what? Portobello Road's been around for ages. <laughs> Lots well of us have walked down it. Yeah, you may be simple, but you're not having that, buddy. Right. And of course, he kicked into his great stuff and it was all, yeah. it was all fine. But it's like, that no more local. Going, wow. <laughs> it happens to Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, but it happens to everybody. But also, uh, what I love about an audience like their, their skepticism would have been no fucking way is Jerry Seinfeld oh my god it's Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> yeah this is gonna be brilliant oh. I saw the opposite um to that uh happen in San Francisco when I was at the sketch fest down there I was performing I was doing set lists which oh, is a yeah. show that we've both done and uh, uh there's a guy on who does a really brilliant character comedian people might have heard him on my Doug Loves Movies episode he does Mark Wahlberg okay. and so he does the show as, as Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg. Brilliant. and it's such a hilarious like impression like really? it's so fucking funny it's ridiculous how funny it is <laughs> and um so he but they announce him as Mark Wahlberg so you know Troy Conrad the host of the night's like yeah well it's a really amazing this guy's down but he's always wanted to try set list and here he is Mark Wahlberg and there's a period of time where they can't see him and the audience goes fucking nuts. (laughs) Like, nuts. Like, not like, oh, ha, 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 he's a comedian coming to do a character. You're at set list. You'd think that's what it was going to be. But no, people were like, no, fucking Mark Wahlberg's here. This is the fucking... Can you believe we're about to see Mark Wahlberg? Oh, no. And then the groan of disappointment when they they actually see him come out. I mean, it was it was pretty marvellous, but he was brilliant. So that, I remember that. my ex-husband used to do these um, commercials in the UK with like famous movie stars, and it was about sort of turning your mobile phone off okay. at yep. the cinema. And so be, he, I think he worked with like Carrie Fisher, and there was one time he was filming with um, Dustin Hoffman. Now, I was doing a gig in London at the Amuse Moose, mm-hmm. and the organiser said to me as I was leaving, I said, I've just got to go, I'm going to go and meet my, um, my husband, he's... Um, He's filming with Dustin Hoffman. And the organiser said, well, you know, if Dustin wants to come down and do 10 minutes, <laughs> we'll more than happily put him on. Like, um, <laughs> I, just I just don't know how I'd sell that to Dustin Hoffman, famously an actor. <laughs> if he wants to come and talk in a little comedy club in the centre of London. Hey, Dustin, it's going to be brilliant. I think you get 50 quid cash <laughs> <laughs> you'll get like two drink tokens at you'll least. You'll definitely get more gigs from it, Dustin. Right. So. Like, I mean, it's, it'll be good for your CV. Once you've done here, you'll be able to play some good places. That's what I'm saying. Well, he's like a method guy, though. So if he was ever going to do stand-up, you know that Dustin Hoffman wouldn't be one of those guys. Like, Because there was a bit of... 
I think not criticism. Well, maybe there was criticism of Ricky Gervais. I was not in the UK when he started doing kind of stand-up. Um, but I imagine there was probably some people who, like, you know, had come out of the scene who were like... Oh, cool. Well, I think also, if you start... Here's my thing about it. I mean, I think Ricky Gervais is, is very talented. I'm not going to say anything, you know, that... You can't say he's shit because he isn't. No, he's made some of the best stuff going around. There's no doubt about that. But also, as a struggling comic, when you start out and you're like one name amongst ten and you have to work your tits off or your, you know, or whatever part of the body you're losing while Mm. you you do stand up to be, to sort of, establish yourself and read a room and, and, and to be funny. Sometimes you see an act coming off of TV and they go, hello, my name is, and they get a laugh and you're like, how the fuck did you get that? Because you've just said your name. Right. So I think it's a much more forgiving audience and they know exactly what you're going to do if you come to the uh, the stage as a fully-fledged right. product. And I think there is, a, there, there is a bit of natural snobbery as well, which is like, oh, they've, you know, they've got to just come in at this level. They haven't yeah. had to do the hard work, right? Yeah. Which, you know, it's not their fault, really, that they're famous and heaps of people want to go and see them. Losers. Losers. (laughs) I hate those successful comics. (laughs) Like somehow, you know, Ricky Gervais, after The Office, if he wanted to try stand-up, should suddenly be doing 50-seat taco stand rooms. I think he should. (laughs) Um, So... There is that bit of snobbery, but I think that if Hoff- Dustin Hoffman was ever going to do stand-up, I reckon he would, like, he'd start out in yeah. the tiny rooms because he would uh, yeah. want, like, the legitimate... Like, he's a method guy. Well, so. he does say that. If he wasn't where he is now, he'd still be acting. But right. you know when famous people say that, you think, <laughs> would you really... Would you be doing theatre and education, going around schools, doing Hamlet? Would you? But I'm sure he would be. I'm sure he'd be doing it somewhere. I guess so. Like, I mean, I guess for those older actors... Like, I mean, it's not like Dustin Hoffman. I don't know. I haven't looked into his finances, but... I imagine that Dustin Hoffman's fine. I imagine if he wanted to stop acting ever again, he wouldn't have to yeah. do anything, right? I think you're so right. So the fact that he keeps acting probably means that he likes, he likes acting. It. <laughs> he likes it better than laying around on his island or whatever else he could be doing. If I made it like that, you wouldn't see me for dust. <laughs> I'd permanently be on holiday. Mate, you wouldn't have fucking seen me after Tootsie. <laughs> I would have been. That's good. We're done. Did you see that clip of him saying, you know, and it was, and I, and I kind of, it was, it was Dustin Hoffman saying, okay, now you've, made, um, before he did Tootsie, he said, now you've made me look like a woman. They did sort of makeup tests before the film, and he said, uh-huh. now you've made me look like a woman. Can you make me look like an attractive one? And they were like, um. Mm. This is it, Dustin. Right. And he was really, and he does this, he was doing this interview and he was really upset. And he said, Now I feel really upset because I wrote off so many ordinary looking women because I didn't think they were interesting because of the way he, they looked. And I feel so bad about that. And I kind of, first time I, read, I saw it and thought, Oh, that's nice. And then thought, Asshole. Right. <laughs> You're crying because you were a dick. Yeah. If only every man could have a makeup team make him look like an ugly woman, then maybe we'd live in a, a society where women get paid the same as men. Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Am I right? Come on, guys. Who's Come on, with guys. Me? Who's See? With me? And that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's um, I, it's funny. We were we were talking off air, and I won't go into the details of how we got onto the topic, but um, of you know, I, I always think those moments where like a man is applauded for saying something like that, or if those things were passed around the internet, you're like, wow, we're still at the stage where we're applauding men for thinking what everyone should naturally think. Yeah. Like what our basic starting point is. What we deal with every day right. as women. It's like, good on him. Give him another award. <laughs> no, he's got enough acting ones. Give him one for being a good man. But wait, like, and if a woman said that, like a sort of attractive woman, you'd be like, fuck off, you're, you're attractive. It doesn't count coming from you. Women aren't terribly good at being supportive of each other. We need to work on that. 
I right. Think. Oh, there's, well, it, it, so explore that a little bit more because it's not for me to say that, like, because I think men do a lot of keeping women down as well. But women are doing their fair yeah. share of keeping other women down. And I as don't well. know if it's because we've been pitched against each other by you men for, right. for centuries or if it's because it's an actual competitive thing. Because in, like, also, like, my daughter and I um, were talking the other night there about how she was like, Mommy, why in every other animal world is the, like in fish and in birds, why are the men all the pretty painted ones and the women are plain? Um, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? I guess so. I think, I think in the animal kingdom is enough that you can grow life. Right. <laughs> Whereas we've got to sort of look fit as well. Well, I think you've got to, like in the animal world, it's like about the man attracting a mate. So the man exactly. has to like puff up or the man has to like put on the show. And the peacock feathers or all that stuff. Right. Whereas we can go, mm, no, I won't be keeping your children warm. I will be off this way. I, that's it, that is very interesting, Isn't actually. It? I think I it, it, when the kids, uh, kids ask questions, I've got no, and I, I have, that's my new mantra now. You know, uh, the most intelligent people in the world don't have all the answers, but they ask the most interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Phew. Right. <laughs> so they haven't quite gotten onto the bit of going. Uh, but <laughs> so do you know or not, right. Mum? <laughs> and why haven't you asked this question up to this point? Honestly, because like I am a child, and you are a fully grown Completely. adult. Completely, I didn't ask any questions at all when I was growing up. The kid, I tried to explain to them about religion, and realised because I was brought up a really strict Catholic, <laughs> uh-huh. and I went to school, and I was I, brought, I was t- taught by nuns, and I was kind of like, okay. And you say, you know, why is that, sister? Why, what, what, why did that? And the sister, the, the nun will say, blessed is he who has not seen and yet believes. That's one of the lessons oh, of Dayton nice. Thomas. That is a good, is, that, that is a good way to get out of any shut fucking situation. Shut up and situation. don't ask any questions. <laughs> and then... Um, the <laughs> or they can just say, because Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of go... But then I was explaining to the kids, you know, like, lots of people believe in God and, you know, I'm, I have my feelings and it's nice to believe in something bigger than yourself. And that you, but I think it's important to believe in yourself and blah, all the stuff that you do mm-hmm. to sort of empower your kids. And... Uh, so they were like, and Jesus was born in a stable. And I said, yeah, yeah, because there was no room. They had to go back to um, Bethlehem for the mm. census, and there was no room at the end. So they slept in a stable. <laughs> All right. And you kind of <laughs> tell them the story. You realize how ridiculous it sounds to kids with access to the internet. Right. And I said, um, and like three wise men came, and they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I thought, mm. why gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Well, um, they, were, they were expensive presents. And, right. and, and weirdly, they're used in embalming. That's what... Yeah. So it was like they, they were on their Amazon wish list. So <laughs> here's how I can explain it to you. They couldn't get into the hotels because they all had good Yelp reviews. Yes. The only thing they could afford was this barn that had a couple of, <laughs> like it had a pretty, like it was like if you had to sleep in a barn, this is not, it yeah. was like. It was your five-star They got it off Air, Airbnb, yeah. Air Beds and Barns. <laughs> <laughs> and they stayed there. They had the Amazon wish list, gold, frankincense, myrrh. They yeah. were all on there. So they brought those presents along. I mean, we can update this. We can well, modernize well, so it. So Bella says to me, so hang on. The, ex- the, the mother accepted gifts from men that she doesn't know. Oh, here we go. Like, yeah. oh, well, she's like a very good mother. Right. <laughs> Terrible mother. And also the embalming thing really freaked them out because essentially you're giving a new baby gifts yeah. to bury him yep. with. Right. Which and then and then of course we, we got into the whole follower thing. That was no, I said a disciple. You said twelve uh, apostles or disciples. Yep. What's a disciple? It's a follower. What on Twitter? No, no. What kind? I mean, more like a posse. Yeah. More like entourage. Yeah, like it's I more guess. like the TV show Entourage. <laughs> You're like one of them became really famous. Yeah. And he kind of was like, it's exactly well, I might like as well co- take yeah. my mates with me, right? <laughs> like to various degrees. Like yeah. You know, one and of them's the turtle. Pops one up. of them's like right. <laughs> Mary Magdalene puts right. in a show. He's having a few parties. He's turning water into wine. Yeah. Mary Magdalene yeah, comes she's in. Big into washing feet. Right. 
So I don't talk to them about religion anymore. I think that um, I'm very interested to see the movie Noah, this Darren Aronofsky movie. Okay. You know Darren That's Aronofsky who say. made... Uh, say Darren Aronofsky once Darren more. Darren Aronofsky. I like the concentration on your face when I you say it. I have to concentrate. <laughs> I barely speak, you know, in my native language with the words that I am comfortable using. Okay. I, I but, but that's a name. I'm sorry I can't say your name. I'm not comfortable saying it. I'm going to call you Bob. Darren Bob Aronofsky. Aronofsky. <laughs> Bob Aronofsky. It's not the Darren that was throwing me. I love that you changed the first name. Like it was the, I couldn't say Darren. <laughs> well, it was a tongue twister fashion of the Darren Aronofsky. Ah, uh, so you can't. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, isn't he? Nofsky. I don't I think don't you know. put the. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think he's got enough plugs here. He he's the Black Swan uh, director. And he um, is making this movie Noah uh, with Russell Crowe as Noah. Okay. And that is the story that I think is the one that, like, how do they even, like. How did they pass that one off? Right. In a movie. Like, that's just so, like, how do you pass off the idea <laughs> But that, Russell Crowe gets to be the one who saved all the animals. Yeah. I see where this is going. Do you know what's really awful? And uh, probably the one who ate the unicorn. So they're probably on there. <laughs> and Russell got really hungry halfway through. I'll have that as my horse. So, <laughs> so it's horn off. It doesn't like, it's, it's getting in my way. Originally, it was three of every animal. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> Russell got ate, hungry. Russell got hungry and ate one of every animal. He's like, we've still got fucking two. <laughs> if we have a man and a woman of every animal. Oh, and I ate all the oh, unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> The meat is just so tender. <laughs> They're the most delicious. Yeah. Imagine if that's what they found out. Yeah. That's the big twist at the end of the movie. Yeah. That the unicorns died out because their meat was so delicious yeah. they it ate it. It was them. rainbow coloured and delicious. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that story of like the mechanics of someone getting two of every animal onto a boat. Yeah. And like Jen, it's, um, there, there must have been a guy whose job it was to sex them as well, turning up, <laughs> turning the sheet upside down. No, it's another guy. This right. one's not making the cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's another lion that's tucked. <laughs> Mate, we've got a lion, right? <laughs> um, no, yeah, you can't get on. I know you're a male lion. You've just shaved your mane. Right. Get off. <laughs> The stubble's already coming back, I've mate. I told you, one of each. Fuck off. <laughs> you get all these these animals trying to sneak on board. Pick me. It's fucking it's the X factor of a Bible times, isn't it? And, well, yeah, big line down the block. I mean, because that's the other thing. You would start auditioning. Yeah. And there's got to be some bitterness within the animal community as well, hasn't there? Because yeah. if we, like, if the human, if they came to the human race right now and they said, okay, the only way, like, you know, we've buggered the planet with climate change. Sorry, we lied to you about it yeah. and we kept it secret because, you know, we were the big energy and oil companies and uh, we had a lot to lose. So we've decided to keep that secret. The good news is, and we're like, oh, there's good news. There's Fantastic. Good news. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we've been using the money, the immense profits we've been making. We've been uh, funneling them back into a solution for humanity. We're like, Yay, oh, thank you, guys. Days. What is the solution? Have you got some way of cooling the planet and making all the weather back to normal? Oh, no, no, no. What we meant was... Uh, 15 of us are taking a rocket to another planet and starting again. See you, losers. Uh, each, each of these countries gets to nominate two people. 15 is probably not the right number. Yeah. Let's say 100, whatever it is. Like, so every country, let's say so yeah, 500. Yeah, like a, a plane. Right. A plane every, every country gets to nominate two people, right? To, oh, like, so that Australians could survive. So that the Scots more. could survive. I need to make the cut. Well, it's, neither, it's not going to be us, <laughs> either of us. us. And so the rest of the people are going to be jealous of those two people, surely. Like, there's going to be some who are like, well, at least Australians will survive or at least whatever, Scots will survive. Yeah. But then there's going to be the most of the people like, How the, what the fuck does 
Hugh yeah. Jackman and Kate Blanchett got to get to go yeah, to the moon. It wouldn't be them, would it? It'd be like you're oligarchs. Be the, there'd be lots of lo- <laughs> you'd find right. Russia would cut itself up into like a million different countries. Right, like, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, we've decided we're not just the <laughs> Russia. There's loads of us now. That is a good point. They would, yeah. And look, in some countries, that would definitely be the case. Like, I mean, Putin would go, and yeah, Kim Jong Un would go, and those, like, I mean, those. Yeah. But like, I think in some countries, you've got to send people who are capable of like repopulating the species as well. You know, yeah. so you need, you, you need know, someone of breeding age. See, the right. girls get in there again with our breeding. Right. We wouldn't even have to look fit. <laughs> we just have to be able to grow. Do you know, having had three kids, I would be a thoroughbred resource. Right, that's true. Breeding, that's. Uh, are you more likely to have a kid if you've already had a kid? Is there any evidence one way or the other? And, well, if you can get pregnant and carry a baby, like that's a start. That's a start. The the um, the in, when the interview when you when you go into the doctor's <laughs> the interview. Hey, I'm welcome. Our next guest up. No, right. no, no. They go through your medical <laughs> history and they say how many times you've been pregnant, and I was like three times. Mm. And how many live births have you had? Oh, that's kind of like. Yeah, right. Aren't you going to dress that up? No. And, uh, well, they're medical professionals, so they just talk about it in oh, yeah. like a clinical Asshole way. terms. Yeah. But, like, but I would like get you offended on behalf of all the people who got asked that question who hadn't had life births. Well, but, like, but the thing is about that is like I, it's such a taboo of our society still to talk about miscarriage. Like like people – and I understand why because obviously, you know, you, you have a connection to yeah. – and that's why they say that you shouldn't tell people, you know, until 12 weeks or whatever Which it is. Which I don't get because if I'd lost a baby, I'd want to talk – this isn't very cheery. No, 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 but I, I want to just take one <coughs> like minute to talk about this and then we'll move on. That's okay. If I'd we had can, a baby and lost it, I would like to be able to rely on the support of my friends and family right. and tell them and so here's and this is why I, I actually wanted to talk about this because i won't certainly go into any details but i recently had some friends who, yeah, who had a miscarriage and what they found was that later on when they talked to people because it's very common i think one it's in three really or common, something yeah like it's not but i think that the woman sometimes or they feel like oh, did i do something wrong yeah. or is this my what fault or whatever you? but if we talked about it more generally and more like oh no no this is just like part of this process and we knew that more people like you said they found out that you know their friends had been through that but they wished they'd known at the time because they felt so alone and they felt like no one could talk about it and And somehow you're broken because it feels like the most natural thing in the world that you should be able to get pregnant and have Uh a baby and if you can't or if something goes wrong in that process you feel like maybe you're not working Uh uh-huh Anyway, that was more interesting than yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but I have to say, I used to talk about, like, uh, to being more open about things. I didn't know, when I first had a son, I didn't know that like, little boys get erections. Have I told you this already? No, I don't think so. So um, babies get erections, and I didn't know when I was changing... What do you mean? Just as in, like... Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, talking Bless about you. erections makes me yeah. sneeze. <laughs> 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 it, Don't be like, getting hard anywhere near me. I'll just sneeze all over it. Well, they do say if you sneeze eight times in a row, it's the equivalent of an orgasm. Oh, is so. it? Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thursday to me. Imagine on your honeymoon night, you're like, oh, no, you just have to get it out and yeah. I'll sneeze and I'll be fine. You can do whatever you like after that. That's how Stand I get off. Stand over there so yeah. I can see it. <laughs> Grab me a tissue. (laughs) When I say a box of tissues, it's not for what you think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So so filthy. So anyway... 
changing the baby's nappy. He got like my <laughs> my son's going to be so proud of this story. Uh-huh. He gets an erection. I was kind of like, oh my yeah. god, am I do you know? Am I doing something? Oh, right. Because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want uh-huh. to turn him to some kind of. You don't want to, yeah. Him, the, the only way he can get an erection later in life is, is to have if, a like, photograph of his mother by the bed. That's right. so, do you know what I mean? Or be dressed in a nappy and have his nappy changed by because that's, that's the thing a that thing people, as well, isn't it? You know, do. So essentially, I didn't want to give him a complex. So uh-huh. I did what any normal comedian does. <laughs> I got about ten minutes of material right. out of it. No, that won't give him a complex. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might do it his 18th birthday. <laughs> Here we laugh. But anyway, that's a, so. that, is all, that would be like a great thing to say when you're doing a bit like that on stage. Is yeah. like, I mean, to be honest, this isn't even for you guys. Yeah. I'm just trying shit out for his 18th. He's got some really hot friends and right. they are going to mature. Um, <laughs> so dark. So anyway, I talked about it on stage and the amount of mothers that came up and went, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. I because, didn't know. I did, because right. you, who are you going to say the baby got a stiffy? No, because what? you don't want to, like, if you're the only one, then you, yeah, you're like, they'll, clearly take you're doing something. they'll take my baby away. Exactly. Yeah. So. I, that is weird that, I mean, it was like, I think these days it's a lot more, um, I think now that men are going to, like, where the baby's being born and stuff like that, we're, try- we're starting to demystify some of those yeah. things that are just very natural. I used to do a whole routine about this. I've, it's right, like, I'm 40 now, and I'm just like, you know, I just turned 40, and I'm like, there's some things that I'm kind of like, I don't want to fucking do this or talk about this or, like, this be, you know. It's really funny because it's just... Like, it's just stuff, but the older just, you get, the more you think, oh, are they going to relate to me because I'm so old? Or? Right, but also I don't want to, like... So I used to do a bit about, like, the idea that of how weird it is that we're so happy to, like, ring up a radio station and be, you know... It spout our opinion on something that most people don't agree with, yeah. but like we'd never talk about things like masturbation that most people do because some like so the things that we have most mystery, in common yeah. are the. But once I, I'm always like as a comedian, I'm like you're fucking forty. No one wants to think about you like a like talking about that or doing that or I whatever. But that's also a comedian's right. response though because people in the state and we don't watch a comedian and think, oh, I wonder what he looks like masturbating. They think <laughs> I do that. As comics, we right. think, oh, no, I'm sharing bits of my soul. Whereas it's not about that. It's about you connecting with them. Oh, no, I, the same thing. I agree with you. But there is also a point where I'm like, <laughs> you know what? As long as you're not getting that on stage and doing it, that's a different right. tool together. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened at last night's gig, but I think Will dropped his pants and Wendy started sneezing. And then after that, no one really yeah. remembers. <laughs> it was more interesting than funny, but it, like, I mean, I think that's what people want, right? They want interesting. I think I'm part of the new wave of interesting. Yeah. Oh man, have you seen these interesting people? <laughs> They're way better than the alternative ones. Oh mate, are you still going to alternative clubs? That's, <laughs> that's so mainstream. So 80s. Oh no, no, people are going to interesting clubs now. That's that's where the really interesting acts are. I'm angry at Ricky Gervais because he didn't start in the interesting <laughs> clubs. God almighty, I've really got to start making excuses and start making <laughs> jokes. Or you've just got to start doing TED talks. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> They're actually based by fact and research. All oh, right, I'm just winging it. You want something in between a TED yeah. talk and stand-up comedy? Yeah. <laughs> if someone could come up with that, send in, send in your suggestions. I'm if, all ears. If you'd like the tone of a TED talk, but you don't really want to learn that much, <laughs> like then have I got a show for you? You want someone to ask some really good questions. The other thing that I did, uh, and this actually kind of amazes me, and uh, and I'm not saying that this is something that will last forever. But it's amazed me that this has happened. And it's happened just in the last two weeks. Which is, I have always 
I've never been able to stop biting my fingernails. Okay. Never. Like it's been a lifelong addiction and I tried everything. Like I put the stuff that tastes disgusting on it and I got used to it and I mm-hmm. went to hypnotherapy. And over the years I've done everything I can to to try and stop biting my fingernails, but I've never been able to do it. And I've never been addicted to anything else. Like I've never had an issue with like, you know, I just I couldn't okay. stop. And I was thinking about like, I was like, I'm fucking turning 40. And I'm like... I don't want to be like a guy in his 40s, like biting his fucking fingernails. I'm like, I'm going to go and like seek some more help. I'm going to go to hypnotherapy or whatever again. Mm -hmm. And then on the day of my birthday, I honestly just said to myself, fucking grow up and stop biting your fingernails. And I have not bit my fingernails since that day. Like it's been, it's been like 20 days or something now. Like, I mean, they're not even, they're not January 31st. And so they're not even like, you know, big now, but that's like the biggest they've ever been. They've got white on them. My Nails have never had the white on them. The mind's a great them. thing, isn't it? You've just decided. I just decided. I went, fuck that. I'm not going to do it anymore. And it, I just decided and I stopped. I've been doing it for, it's a habit of a lifetime. Literally a habit really? of my entire lifetime. And I just stopped. The mind is amazing. The mind amazes me. But that's just your mind going, right, we're done now. We're done now. I haven't had a drink since your birthday. Really? Yeah, and I normally have a couple of glasses of wine to unwind pretty much right. every other day. But I decided, I thought, I'm going to have February off and see how we do. Right. For not, like, you're not doing Feb fast or anything like that. You're just having a break. I just thought, the gets to the point where you think, hang on, I can't remember when I, a week when I didn't have a right. glass of wine. And I'm one of those sort of dangerous drinkers where the you know, like if you actually top up my intake. Oh, and then, yeah. of course, I'll get the odd night where I'm, woohoo, and I've got the thirst. And so I just thought, maybe I'll have a break. No, no, well, it's funny. Uh, Felicity Ward, who's a really brilliant Australian I comedian. Saw her the other week there. Uh, and I spoke about this because she doesn't drink anymore. And I asked her because she's going to come and stay at my house when I go back to tour. Uh-huh. Um, so she's going to stay here. And I asked her, I said, because, you know, I always have booze in the house. Uh-huh. Like, I know that you don't drink anymore. Would you prefer if, like, there's no alcohol in the house when, uh-huh. when you're staying here? You know, just I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how she was about that. I mean, it's been a long time since she. Seven years, drink, we spoke about it. Yeah. yeah, I spoke about it with her. And then, then after that, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stop drinking and see how I do. Right. So we had a discussion the other day about my drinking because I'm the same as you. I've never had an issue with drinking. Like, I've never had a problem with it. I've never – and I don't really drink to – like, I don't drink to forget. I don't drink, like, if I'm depressed to make myself feel like better. I drunk. I think yeah. it's good fun. Right. And I just – but I'm also, like, I'm – I like having a beer. I like going yeah. to work and having some beers. And, yeah. like, if I'm having a social occasion and, like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a beer there, I'll have a beer, yeah. you know. But if I'm working all the time and I'm being social all the time, like, if you add up how many... That's what frightens me. When you're lying to your doctor, <laughs> like, you know, when you have to fill in a form <laughs> yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, well, like, I should be able to trust this person because yeah. they have my health and best interest at heart. But you're just like, uh, you know what? But then, do you know, I had a horrible thing where um, I, my doctor <laughs> in London, um, it said, um, I got an email through and it said, you're now being on, followed on Twitter by Dr. Ma, who's my doctor. And I was kind of like, oh my God, I can't tweet. That's me leathered again. <laughs> because oh. my doctor's following me on Twitter. Oh, uh, can I sneaky? Can I tell you? Speaking of um, like uh, real life interactions with you know weirdness in your life, uh-huh. um, my accountant uh, and people who've listened to the podcast will, will have heard me talk about this before. But my accountant uh, used to be in a very famous Australian band called Hunters and Collectors. Okay. Now uh, the lead singer of Hunters and Collectors was a guy called Mark Seymour, who's uh, Nick Seymour from Crowded House's brother. All right. Okay. They, and they were a very very popular Australian band, and. 
much loved, you know, of the sort of 80s and 90s, you know. And uh, my accountant was in the band. And then when they kind of broke up, you know, he, I, I guess, I don't know if he was accountant beforehand and then just went into the orbit. But he's a, and he's like an entertainment accountant yeah. and he's still kind of in the industry, whatever. Anyway, they've just reformed. Uh, hunters and collectors they're doing a, re- you have a reunion tour right so my accountant is, is now like tour? accountant by day but like you know touring at night but because they were such a big band they're not playing little gigs they're playing like <laughs> massive gigs so the other day i'm i literally have an email from my accountant because i'm emailing him about like i'm i'm like i had to work out how me earning money here in america you know related to back home so we were having some correspondence about mm-hmm. that and he had to answer one more thing. He goes, I think we've sorted that out, but um, I won't be able to get back to you until Tuesday because uh, we're supporting Bruce Springsteen this weekend. <laughs> Shut up. I was like, when have you got an email from your accountant? And he's like, uh, look, you know, I think we've sorted this tax situation, but I'm off to do support for the boss. I love him. It's amazing, right? Can you get your tickets? <laughs> well, I was in Australia, so I, wish, I would have hit him up probably. If... That's what I need to do. I was in the coffee well, shop. Well, can you buy me tickets and I'll like we'll claim them? And, yeah. the... <laughs> That's fine. It's an, an entertainment expense. Right. I was in a shop, uh, a store, as they call it here, and they had a poster up for tribute bands. Oh, good. Love it and already. And it was the greatest it's, it's tickets for the, the um, tribute bands. And I thought I'd take a photograph of it and test you to see if you can guess. Oh, oh, what the band guess is? what the band is. Awesome. I love this already. Yeah? Okay. Yep, okay. How many of them are there? There's, hun- there's some that are really, but okay, <laughs> some hard. of them All are right. very obvious. Yeah. Bruce in the USA is one. Oh, well, I'm guessing that's <laughs> Bruce Bruce. So that's, that's... <laughs> that's not going to be a huge leap for you. No. But um, Purple Rain. Okay. Well, that's uh, Prince, I guess. Yeah, but right? it rains spelt like um, the King's Rain, so I quite like that. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah nice. All right. Good. Belladonna. Belladonna. Uh, the porn star? <laughs> Is that a porn star? I yeah. don't know. Belladonna's a really famous porn star. Oh, is she? Uh, her, her signature move, uh, she put a uh, baseball bat, like a, an actual baseball bat, uh, inside um, her bottom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did she hit a ball with it? Right. That would be <laughs> really that's, impressive. No, that's an act. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a anyone, grant for that kind of stuff. Anyone can stick a bat up their ass. But if you want this to be interesting, <laughs> I want to see you hit a ball. <laughs> oh my god! Since I last saw you, I shot a, a short film oh. with a guy who was in porn, but now wants to be a, a serious comedy actor. Serious comedy actor, serious actor. Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. You I went. Did? I didn't know. Well, I've not. The Hedgehog. Seen, I went home to That's my husband and said, "The Hedgehog." I said, oh, "The guy I'm working with is Ron Jeremy," and he yeah. went, "What?" <laughs> I was like, he's called Ron. Apparently, he's in porn. I know he don't. Not yeah. apparently, he's in porn movies. He is most famous male porn star in history. Well, probably. I know that now. Right. <laughs> I haven't looked up any of his stuff though. No, I you think... should not. Oh, really? I mean, like, I watching Ron Jeremy you do can't porn talk. You can't is not what I would consider. In the same way as watching somebody put a baseball bat inside them it's not is erotic. not. For me, I had to keep like them. I like sports and I like naked women, but neither of those things yeah. I need to. Never the twins. <laughs> Let's keep them separate, guys. <laughs> Let's keep them separate. I like my sports separate to my things being stuck inside people. Okay. If that's okay. But Ron Jeremy also he was like a hero back in the day where all male porn stars were ugly. Like you know, because the idea was that the the market for porn. You know, now that we have the internet, what we've realised is that like. People all over the world of all different, like, you know, ages and sexes and all those things are using porn and it's 
wide and varied okay. in its, you know, what people are into. But back in the day, it was just this ugly little human Guy. hedgehog, Ron Jeremy, with this, like, penis that's almost as big as he is tall. Is it? Yeah, having sex with women, like hot women. And that was meant to be like, oh, my God, if Ron can do it. Then I can. Yeah. Gosh. Well, apparently, according to Ron, that I should look into the MILF market because it's big business right now. And I was kind of like, eh, <laughs> I think I'm okay. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, it's not. You know what? It's sweet. It's, yeah, it's very I mean, that's sweet. a guy. He's very nice. And he's, he's very sweet. Look, he's fucked a lot of people, and if he thinks you're nice enough to do porn, then that is a compliment. <laughs> is that a compliment? It's a compliment. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have a little <laughs> jaunty walk on my way home from this tonight. Right. I could be successful in porn. <laughs> Woo! My poor children. Right. Bella Donna. Do we know who it is? Okay, so Bella Donna. Bella, can, can you give me a, a clue? To, no, I don't know. A tribute to Stevie Nicks. No. No, me neither. No. Uh, Ryman in a stealing. Ryman, uh, Beastie Boys. It'll be a yeah. Beastie Boys uh, tribute band. The Long Run. The Long Run. The Long Run. Something about running. Some, some band long. The Long Run. Uh, miles. Something about marathon. No. Um, the, a tribute to the Eagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to miss that one out. Surely be like, uh, wouldn't this, you call this, it like Hotel California <laughs> or like Desperado or like... Something that we know. Or something with like the Eagles in it. Maybe the Eagles fans would know that. Yeah, maybe. This one's quite funny. This one's called No Duh. No Doubt? <laughs> <laughs> that must have taken all of four minutes to come up with. <laughs> also, who uh, the fuck puts together a No Doubt tribute band? <laughs> Like, people don't even want to say no doubt that desperately. Like, is there really a big market for your no doubt tribute band? Well, you know. So what else? Uh, what's this one? The Petty Breakers. Okay, well, that's I mean, Tom that's Petty and obvious. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to read them all That's out. a bad one. That's terrible. Um, like, could have, like, it could have been something. Petty's a good name to, like, you know, to work with. True Crew, that's obviously. Motley Crew. Yeah, here we go. Yep, sure. Um, draw the Line. Draw the Line. Yeah. Um, Not walk it, draw it. Right. Because <laughs> um, I was going to go with maybe a Johnny Cash thing, but it's draw the line. Yeah. Draw the line. No, don't know what. Tribute to Aerosmith. Mm, yeah, okay, maybe I don't Here's know. Here's a good one. Abba Cadabra. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like we might know what that one is. <laughs> okay, last one. Mr. See, S- Mr. Speed? Mr. Speed, no, don't know. Tribute to Kiss. Mm, okay, not sure. Um, the the like, most successful Australian band of all time, uh, if you don't count ACDC, um, some people count ACDC and some people don't because some people don't consider them an Australian band. Why not? Ah, because a couple of them are Scottish. Oh, right. right. So they were always um, foreigners wherever they played. Right, yeah. Okay. But um, they, uh, the other biggest band in the history of Australia is actually a covers band. Like They are the most internationally successful I don't know if they're actually the second biggest act, but oh, they. Oh, is it an ABBA covers yeah. band? What were they called? Bjorn again. Bjorn again. See, that's a proper tribute that's, name. Yeah, that's how a you make. A little bit of thought's gone right. into that. Bjorn again. It's like a pun. It's kind of like half yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. From your tribute band, um, I, I spent to... way too long looking at that poster, going, "Hmm, I'm going to play, play." Do you do that? Make little games with yourselves? I'm, uh, I'm going to guess them. I'm going to guess them. I'll do this. Uh. I mean, I actually do play, I, I, like, I, I, I do find that you can just amuse yourself in general. <laughs> like, I'm always fascinated by people who get bored because I'm just like. Or I take the time to put it on Facebook. Oh, that they're, they're. I'm bored. Right. <laughs> well, many thanks for delivering well, us the rest of us on that. I have no imagination. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said that to the kids when they say I'm bored. Only boring people get bored. Sort it out. 
It is true, though. Like, when you were growing up, did you have... Because I think about this a bit about... Because I grew up on a farm, so a lot of my time was left to my own imagination. And I wonder how instructive that is in me having an imagination and making my living from having an imagination as an adult. I think it's vastly important. And I always say to the kids, it's really, really important to get bored because when you get bored, your imagination kicks in. If I, if I take them out every five minutes to the cinema or to the zoo or to whatever, mm. there, there's no room for your imagination to... If you watch the baby, the two-year-old wanders around in the house and he'll have a full game with himself, he'll be telling people off, he'll right. be making tea, he'll be, you know... Because right. his imagination is just at full throttle because you're not allowed to do that much when you're that age, so you have to. Right. And it's just fascinating. <laughs> and, and you can also see exactly what he's doing. You can see him getting into the car and right. driving it. And he's just on a cushion. <laughs> he's, not, he's not going anywhere. But you can see exactly what he's doing. He's never done it. So, you know, actors can go, it's really hard to mime stuff. Fuck that. The baby does it. And he's never done it. I, I, my um, sister's kids out the back of the house have a, a little sort of, you know, cubby house sort of thing that, you know, that, that they've built out there. And they have a shop. Like, they have a shop. <laughs> and, like, so when you go over, they want you to go and just buy stuff at the shop. And they play, like, you know, and it's like, how did that become a thing? A thing, but yeah. it's a thing. And they've got all these stuff for the shop and they're, like, running their shop and they pretend to oh, make really? you things in their shop and but you have to pay them. But do they have stuff in it? Or do they just oh, yeah, they have, like, toy stuff oh, and, right. like, you know, toy versions of things. But they have like a cash this. register. Anything and you can put your, your, your arms and cross them and lean over at the counter like that becomes a shop in our house. So uh, yeah. You, they don't need a, a, a all set up. Not that I'm sort of depriving them, but I do think it's really no, important you're to... giving them room for... But, but this is the thing, because I, I wonder about this generation that, you know, like, because it's so easy to give your kid an iPad or whatever to distract them so that yeah. they're... And, Obviously, like having computer skills and being able to understand all that stuff is going to be very vital to kids growing up. Yeah. But at the same time, you wonder if you're constantly distracted. I mean, you know this. It's funny, funny enough that last night um, a friend of mine was picking me up to take me out to dinner for my birthday. And uh, she was like 10 minutes late to pick me up. And I hadn't taken my phone down because I, I don't like to take my yeah. phone with me all the time. And so I'm just standing out in the street. And a thing that I had been working on for my show for days, like I'd had my head in my computer and I'd been trying to work out like how it all fit together, while I was just standing out in there in the, in the street with nothing to do because I didn't have my phone to fiddle with, I was just walking up and down like, you know, waiting. You're going to tell me a lovely story that's going to enforce my feeling about this, aren't you? Well, it all just, like it just came into my head and of I was it it just did. jugged into place and I was kind of like... Ah, yeah, I think that's like, and it was the most valuable, like I'd been working at my computer that day for probably 12 hours and the most valuable breakthrough I had that day was that 10 minutes. When you sit and do nothing. Right. I think our brains need that sort of recharge thing where I see it on London when you sit in the, in London when you sit in the tube and I quite like to sit in the tube and just look around and, you know, avoid eye contact with people. And, um, you see people just always engrossed in their phone or in their book and it's almost like you can't, you don't have that sort of. I, 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 when I first came here, I did like a few acting classes and people do them every single day, but actors do every single day. And I can't do that. I need to, I need time for things to percolate. Right. I don't know if I'm slow and I need time for it to seep through my brain or if I'm super intelligent. So I need time for it to seep through my brain. <laughs> but either way, you need that. I, I, I really believe you need that time for things just to percolate. Right. To think about it. Yeah. To but also, it's funny to, I think, when you're, particularly when you're a writer or a comedian or something like that, it's very hard to justify. Do nothing. Like, yeah. you know, when, if anyone else is watching, yeah. like I, at home, I have an office like at my house, but it's separate to the house. Yeah. But it's so weird if anyone else is ever in the house when they 
because they're like, I thought you were working, yeah. and because you're, you're there, but you're here now, <laughs> right? But also, like they think of like I'll be sorting my CDs, or I'll be like, you know, looking at something, or I'll just be wandering it's around, and they're like, it's all work. This is all working. Yeah. Like my head's in my work. Just because I came out and started cutting the grass, there's something going on that yeah. I just needed to like stretch my well, legs. Well, I was watching Janine Garofalo doing uh, DVD last, yesterday during the day, and my and my kids came in and were like, "Are you watching TV, mummy?" Yes, but I'm watching comedy right. and... Which is my... Jo- I'm watching somebody who's really good at my job do their job. Yeah. So this is like work. <laughs> but they were kind of like... But, but I think it's really important to, to watch people that you admire and, you know, and kind of get what they do. Not oh. that I'm going to sort of sit there with a notepad going, and she said that about right. drinking. <laughs> I'll be having that. Oh, did I ever tell you the story about... Um, about I'm going to do her <laughs> act, but less funny and more interesting because that's what people want. I did um, this gig at the, the stand in, in Edinburgh, which was it was a great, a great comedy club, and um, it was an open. It's called Red Raw, and it's the open mic night, which I love doing because people who don't do comedy that often often have really interesting ways of approaching things. And we yes. were talking about it early about how you can, they can't, they don't really hide their neuroses or anything yet because they don't know how to. Because they, they don't just know started. how to. And I think, I mean, uh, to agree with you, and and uh, is that. I think that can be as informative about comedy because I think when you go and see a new comic night, you often what you're reminded of is, oh, that's right, anything can be funny. Yeah, you yeah. get to that point where you think, oh, no, I just talk about this or yeah. I do these sort of things. That's my shtick. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it's more interesting. Well, I think also because people say to you quite a lot, what do you do? What, what, what kind of stuff do you do? And you start to say, oh, I do sort of observational, talk about my kids, talk about families. So when you come to write, you bring all those conversations onto the paper rather uh-huh. than just going, today I might do a bit about ladybirds. You, right. you, yeah, you just, so this guy comes out, and um, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about ladybirds, not today anyway. Right. But um, this guy comes out and he does his act, and I sort of caught a bit of it, and I came backstage because I had to sort of say, hey, it was great, and welcome the next act. And, then I, and he comes back and I said, so how did you find that? And he was like, oh, it was really good. I really had a really good gig. And I said, like, oh, great. And um, and how you find, how long have you been going? Which is a standard question. Right. He said, like, um, six months. And that was brilliant. And how are you finding the doing the material? And he was like, sorry. And I said, how, how are you finding writing the material? And he said, oh, it's okay. I'm not writing the material. And I was like, oh, well, so what are you doing? Well, doing? I'm doing Richard Pryor's stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's at last. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Right. And I said, well, generally, you know, as a comic, you write your own stuff. And you're like, oh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. Mm. I'm making it better. <laughs> right. Well, of course. <laughs> because what Richard Pryor needs is, is a small white boy right. from Edinburgh. Finally. Because <laughs> people didn't listen to him because he was a black guy. Right? Are we right, guys? Refining his I mean, material. how can people in Scotland <laughs> understand what this black American dude is on about? So I take it you grew up in a brothel too then, yeah? Right. So what you're saying was he was kind of like a Scottish Richard Pryor. You know what he should have called his act? Pryor Act. <laughs> the Scottish Richard Pryor tribute band. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, you know what? I had, um, and I may have told this story on the podcast before, but it bears repeating uh, in this context. Uh, there's a fabulous uh, comedian from uh, Melbourne called Brad Oaks, okay. Bradford Oaks, and uh, like a real sort of, uh, like a, a real stalwart of the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a guy who probably, if anyone could argue that their talent wasn't quite recognised, like, you know, he... A guy who could have been a lot bigger on the talent that he has and the way that he works. Like, he's a hard worker and he's a great comic and he always kills. Like, every time I see him kill, like, you know, he just kind of, whatever happened, it didn't quite get the breaks he should have got, you know. But not bitter about it, really helpful to the scene. Like, you know, just a real, like a great comic of comedy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, one of those people that every scene needs. And 
He had a kid in Adelaide. And now, so Brad, the other thing you need to know about Brad to understand this story is Brad's now lost a lot of weight for his health. But at one stage, he was quite like a big and like an in- shaved head, like, you know, kind of quite intimidating right, looking okay. dude. And this kid in Adelaide came up to him and said, hey, I've been doing your bit about the, you know, the barn and I just can't get it to work. Have you got any tips? <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing like, – oh, my he, God. Like he, not only was he doing his not bit, but he uh, – well, th- th- I think that's the only thing that stopped him from being killed was that <laughs> like the, clearly the guy didn't know that – because you wouldn't – if you were trying to like, you know – steal something from yeah. someone, I guess you wouldn't barrel up to them and say, hey, I've been doing this bit. How can I get it to work? <laughs> <laughs> but, I love yeah, that. Right? Mind you, I have been sitting with, you know, Andre Vincent? Uh-huh. He was sitting and we were sitting having dinner and someone texted him a text and he'd done a gig maybe two weeks ago at the comedy store and someone had obviously come out of the store and texted their friend this joke that Andre had told and it came back to him full circle, texted oh, him his joke. His own joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm just not hungry anymore. I'm not going to be eating anything. <laughs> I know because you probably can't pay for that joke. Think how much money this telephone company's made out of your gag. <laughs> I mean, it is very funny. I I remember uh, I heard a great story. Um, uh, don't know if it's true or not. I don't care if it's true as long as it's interesting. Uh, about Banksy using one of Adam Bloom's. Jokes. Have you heard this story? No, I haven't. Now, again, I don't know if this is true, but it's such a great story that I that I hope it's true. And you know, it may have had some sugar laid on it over the years. I don't know, but I tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. So apparently, uh, Banksy, you know, because in the art world, like I hear, you know, you appropriate slogans, you appropriate things, but he did appropriated something that, like, <laughs> you know, and Adam, you know, yeah, Adam, not that happy about it. Well, and it Adam turned would out. know as well. Adam right. would know about yeah. his material being used. And so he um, got pretty angry, and he mentioned it to someone who mentioned it back to Banksy. I didn't right? know who to mention it to. Well, so Simon Munnery used to be the spokesman for Banksy. I don't know if you Shut know this, but up. yeah. I love Simon Munnery. Right. So, which makes complete sense as well, of course. <laughs> of course if Banksy was going to have a spokesperson, it would the, be Did you ever Simon see the Simon Munnery. Munnery show where he flashed um, bright light in your eyes? Yeah. And when you close your eyes, you just see the word cunt. Right. <laughs> just He's, so great. Uh, one of the most amazing performers, like, I have ever seen. Like, some of his shows I, I found incomprehensible and brilliant. Like, But you really. walk away and you're still thinking about it for at least two hours after the show. Oh, uh, I mean... Yeah, you know, interesting and hilarious. But he, <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. He, um, he passed it on because he actually knows who it is or knew who someone to be able to tell is or whatever. And according to this story I've been told, um, Adam's got back to his house one night and there's like an original Banksy that has been delivered for him as like a, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Now, if anyone knows if that's true or not, you can let me know. But text- whether it's true or not, Adam. I've just been telling people that story. I love that. Let me see if I've got one on my phone. You can, uh, I can, uh, I I can, I can text him later. You know what the most hilarious thing is, too? I've run into Adam so many times since and I've heard that story, him. and I've never asked him because there is part of me that doesn't want to know if okay, it's not true. Okay, I want to, I've got his number here. Well, why don't you ask him in privately yeah, at privately. another stage, and, and like, you know, can I'll decide whether <laughs> next time you can come back with either good news or bad news. This is good. This is a hook through. <laughs> I love this it. is okay. a Sherlock-esque. I will, I will, All right. I, now I, love, I love a task. <laughs> oh, I met your friend the other night there. Who? What? Karen Where? Gillen. Oh. I bumped into her. So, so uh, we excited, hadn't talked about this. I know Sorry, that we've... No, 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 no. We've talked about it on here. We haven't talked... You messaged me to say that you'd met her, but we haven't updated the people at home who've been listening. 
And it's been enough time now because I did stop after that podcast. I was like, I'm talking about her too much oh. on this podcast. <laughs> like it's, it's you know, I mean, like I'll you talk know, about her in private, but not in the podcast, and then right. I would ruin everything. Do I? Right. Sorry. No, 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 no. No, it's good. It's it's good for an update. I'm happy to like so, and you know, we like to know these things. So you've run into her at a party. Was I it like her. a what? It was like a like it was a showbiz people from members club in, in in Hollywood. What have you been? Have you done anything sort of Hollywoody since you since I last saw you? No, I don't think so. Well, I went home, so I haven't really been Hollywooding, okay. you know, around. I saw Matt Lucas down the shops. That's that was about. <laughs> oh, I got a tattoo. Oh my god! I got inked. That's you my husband. Did. I got branded with my husband's initials, and I also got look at these. I've got stars in the back of my neck. Oh my god! That's one for each child. Right, a big nice. guy that looked like someone from ZZ Top gave me a tattoo. Right, that's very <laughs> LA. And also, I've shot a gun. Shot a gun. Yes. At a gun range. I went to LA Gun Club. Oh yeah. How did you find LA Gun Club? Have you been? Yeah, I've been and I did not enjoy it. Oh my God. I, I We went on, my husband and I don't like doing fun, like sort of Valentine, don't like doing fun things. <laughs> that I is, hate fun. That God. Was, my husband fun and I did, so the thing that brought us together was our I, mutual I, distaste <laughs> for fun. <laughs> Oh, as long as there's no fun involved, then I'm in. The first time I walked into a bar and everyone was having fun and I spotted the one guy who wasn't having fun and I thought, that is the man for me. Weirdly, that's not a million miles away from how we met. <laughs> I was in a huff and so was he. But oh, anyway, well, he was in a huff with his friend. Other right. story. So, uh, Valentine's Day, yes. we don't want to do that thing where, you know, these, you see these couples sitting opposite each other with fucking nothing to say to each other. Uh-huh. So we don't like doing that. And we don't like sitting in a restaurant with hundreds of other couples that are out for this special day. Uh-huh. So we were like, let's go, and sh- let's go to a, a gun range. Let's shoot a gun because yep. I've never done it. I've done a um, uh, clay pigeon shooting, but I wanted to sort of do yep. the gun thing. So he looks up this gun and we go to LA Gun Club and it's in a, an industrial estate, isn't yep. it? So it looks quite scary when you get there. Oh, no, yeah, because you kind of pull up into like a car park, really. Yeah. Like, and not like a big car park, like just a, out the back of a shop sort of car park. Completely. And then it's kind of a nondescript building. Yeah, yeah. And then you go in and there's hundreds and hundreds of guns hundreds. lined up. Hundreds. And the guy the guys behind the counter have a gun and a knife in their belts. Yep. So my I could Well you know like, they don't normally hire to like so I couldn't go in by myself and hire a gun. Why? Uh, suicides. Because you're a comedian? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Yes, because I'm a comedian. <laughs> don't, we have I had, believe everything. We I'm have told. had way too many comedians coming in here and killing themselves. Should I just go home now? Because I'm a, a single man of my sort of age, like mid thirties through to mid forties, are the most likely to go in and like hire a gun and then kill themselves. I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> I know it's horrible, right? It's, it's a horrible grim. thought. Like even the the idea that you're at somewhere having fun because I will like we'll go through this together and we can tell both our stories at the same time because oh I God. went with a group of uh, girlfriends who all wanted to go and I was I was driving the net. I I didn't want to go. I didn't want to shoot a gun. I ended up doing it, but I didn't because I have no interest in my life in shooting a gun. I have no because even if I people are like well you'll like it and I say well I don't want that. I don't want yeah. to like something that but I don't like. I just wondered if it's like, you know, because I see people wax lyrical about the opera, how much they love the opera, and I've mm. tried and I've tried and I've tried, and I just don't, it doesn't talk to me, and right. I wondered if there's something sort of majestic about shooting a shooting gun, a or gun, it kind of right? feels sort of primal, or I, 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 and I, I don't like being dead against something unless I've kind of looked into it a little bit, you know, I kind of like to sort of... Or at, the, or at the very least, you can, like, you know, go to the opera and shoot people. <laughs> um, make it a <laughs> bit more interesting, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's not over until the fat lady bleeds in my world. God, that's so awful. 
<laughs> so anyway, we went in. So you, yeah, so how did you, you you go in and these So you go in, there's guns everywhere. Which, and so the guys have the guns on the Yeah, I just felt my heart rate right, quickening yeah, and quickening already. and quickening. Right. Yeah. And my hands yeah. like I had to Your heart rate quickens, my penis goes back inside my body. <laughs> like seriously, you like grew a turtle. A head. It's like yeah, I could have got on the ark as a woman in that moment <laughs> because my penis is inside me hiding. Like <laughs> trying to grab your tonsils. <laughs> Grab my balls. You guys are coming too. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Seriously. It's a defense mechanism. Oh, God. So we went in and they gave us this form and it was so bizarre because right. it said, like, fill out your name, your yep. email address. And there was two boxes, a yes or no. And one said, um, have you ever taken, are you taking drugs mm-hmm. or have you had any psychiatric problems? Yep. And I'm not sure that any sort of drug addict could navigate their way around that system and tick the box. No. It's very much like your um, uh, are you over 18 porn site. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we take no and then they get my thumbprint and then do you want a gun? Which gun do you want? And I was like, I've got no idea. Right. And he said, well, I'd recommend you getting the lightest one because, you know, when you're holding your hands up, it'll, it'll be heavy after a while. And I was like, okay. He said, so do you want a big bang, a medium bang or a small bang? And I was going, kind of like, oh, s- small bang, please. Mm. Uh, how much ammunition do you want? And I said, oh, well, uh, one for me, one for him. <laughs> He's like, uh, they come in boxes of 50. Right. <laughs> okay. So he mar- marks down $5 for the gun uh-huh. and then $16 for the ammunition. Yeah, for the ammo. And then puts two head- sets of headphones and two safety goggles in the, the <laughs> safety goggles. And I'm like, I'm not sure they're going to fucking save me. Right. And then uh, hands the box over. Yep. So it was like quicker That's it. to do that than it was to open a bank account or get a bowling. You get, even get a bowling lane takes longer than it takes to get a gun. Plus, at the very least, they've got your shoes to, to, to negotiate with. <laughs> know, you know what I mean? I at this place, they don't, you don't even have to give them your shoes. Like, I would trust them more if they're like, and by the way, we're hanging on to those shoes until yeah. you bring the gun I'm not going to shoot anyone because I might miss my gun verse. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, I agree with you because the other thing is, like, I... Like, because I, like, smoke pot here, like, for my hips and for fun, but, like, I went there and I just lied about, yeah. like, the fact that I had taken drugs. Like, you know, so I'm like, well, if I can lie, a man who doesn't want to be here, who else is fucking lying yeah, yeah. here? You know what and I mean? I like, said, what's the, because you look out and you see all these little lanes with yeah. plywood in between each little cubicle, and I said, well, what's to stop any one of those guys just turning around and opening fire? Nothing. Nothing. Well, uh, the guys with the guns on their holsters are meant to stop that. Take them out. Right. But they're going to have to do something before the guys in the, with the guns in the holster see there's something happening. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you are feeling that exact same way because I honestly was like, and I'm sure there's people out there who are like, you freaking pussy or whatever. Yeah. But like, I, the whole time I was there, I did not enjoy myself once it. because I was so like, this could just like... There is no safety here. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't want to die got... in an industrial estate. I'd quite like to do it surrounded by roses and maybe somebody holding my hand. Well, there's some guy over in the fucking end lane where they're there, like, you know, with, like, fucking machine gun or yeah. something. Like, and you the know. bang is so... Yeah, news just in it. The guns are really loud. The guns are loud. But I didn't expect it to, to feel... I didn't expect to feel the bang in my stomach when right. somebody shoots the gun. And then you sort of hang up your target and... Oh, so what about... What target <laughs> did you get? Because this is another area that, well, they're like... they're all guys. They're all people. They're all racist well not all there's lots where you can just get like a zombie you can shoot a zombie I, sh- or I got like, like a, a, a sort of an outline of a guy with a target in the middle a lot of them are racist though there's a lot of like you can I shoot can like see. an Iraqi dude and stuff oh, like yeah, that oh yeah I saw yeah. that my husband who's from Northern Ireland went for the person there was like two people so you had to get the guy behind like the hostage in front obviously you right. had to get the, the shadow behind the hostage uh-huh. he went for that but of course ended up shooting them, the hostage <laughs> oh well yeah. hostage <laughs> <laughs> but, gonna um, make an omelette you're gonna but, 
break some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I just went through his shoulder. Like, I think yeah, it's right. important to remember this is paper. Yeah, I missed the. I, I aim for that. It's like <laughs> miss the major well, veins. I got I got right in the middle. I got the my, my target was like. What was alarming was that I, I hit the target, but right. also it was so hard to pull the trigger. I find it when I was holding up, going, I was talking to myself, going, "Come on, Sandra Bullock's done this right. in films, and Jodie Foster's done this, and it can't be that hard." Come right. On. So because there is, at least for you, there is a justification of what, like at some stage, you might need to, like on camera, you know, be able to fire a gun. And actually having that skill, like having fired a gun, I imagine if you were going to go and do a movie like that, they'd want to know, have you fired yeah. a gun before, I've been asked right? that before in an audition. Right. No, as a stand-up comedian, that is not something that I need to no. know. I mean, there is actually, I've done some gigs where it probably would have been handy. <laughs> Laugh, you fuckers. <laughs> you think Wilson, this is tense? This is tense. Will's doing a new thing for his show this year. He's just it's really interesting. Pointing a gun at people and making them laugh. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I find it really frightening holding the gun. Then shit, I, sh- I shot three bullets. I mean, I, can't, I just can't do this. I can't do this. And then um, stood behind. Stephen's like, well, just stand behind and, and I'll, I'll do yep. it. So he did it. And of course, everybody else's shells bouncing back. And, right. Yeah, I didn't realize the force it goes. I mean, that's, these sound like really <laughs> obvious things. But if you haven't shot a gun before, you don't realize the force and power that goes into that. Like even just sort of keeping it pointing straight, it was right. jumping up and the force in my hand. Of course, it's an explosion. And you know that in your head. But actually doing it was fucking nuts. Yep. And then so I shot three and then stood back and everybody else's shells pelting me. And we're going, I can't stand in this room. And then leaving the room and my husband going, do you want another go and see if you find it better? And I was like, okay. So I thought, shot three more and went, I can't do this. So he had to do the other 44. <laughs> but we both walked out shaking. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm quite pleased that that's my reaction to it, I suppose. Right. You don't want to be a person that, it's, it's the exact same reason that I have never, ever looked at anything like, you know, like, to take it back to a sexual thing, I've never ever tried anything that I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Because what if you really liked something? Yeah. Like it's like... Like heroin. I don't want to go there, yeah. Because what if I really Really liked it? it? I mean, it seems for people who have it, like there must be something about it that they really like because they're willing to destroy their entire fucking life for it. So So I might just pass. Let's just pass on it. (laughs) Just pass me the red wine, not the heroin. And I'm a bit the same with that. It's like, you know, like, you know, you don't want to be, like I never want to be a person that like someone like, oh, can I just like pee on you once? And then you're like, oh, I really like this. And then you're like the guy who smells like pee. Oh my God, you know what's disgusting? Talking of peeing on. Have you ever watched the Kim Kardashian video? No. Right. So oh, I, the pornographic the thing? pornographic thing. I've seen like about two minute clip, but here's what I, I'm going to say something before you get into that, but let's definitely Sorry. get into that, uh, which is I that. talk and talk and talk. No, 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 I? keep talking. I love when you're talking. <laughs> People love when you're talking. We're going to get back to what I did on Valentine's Day. Oh, and we're me. also going to get back to, um, uh, talking about Karen Gillan because we haven't finished I'm that sorry. thought. But no, no, this, this is n- how no, my sorry. brain works. No, mine too. People are, u- my- <laughs> people are used to this. That's why I'm making a couple of notes here. So we get back there. This is perfect. That's why people love you on this podcast. You fit right in. Uh, but uh, Kim Kardashian, again, Kim Kardashian is like my fingernails. I'm like, but I did it a couple of years ago where I just went, nah. You know what? Like, I get that people are going to be interested, like, in this person, and that is fine, and they can be interested in this person, but I'm not interested, and I don't care, and my life is not going to be better if I know anything. Because you know that you will pick up enough just yeah. from being in Osmosis. the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, I still know shit about them that I wish I didn't fucking know. It's so bizarre. But I watched about, like, about 90 seconds of the porn video once just to, like, 
see because I and that's about well, it. Here's why I watched it because we had dinner with people that we met in a video shop, as you do in Los Angeles. Sure. Um, and the guy who's a, a film producer, I said, "How did she get famous?" And she said, "He said, oh well, her her mum sold a sex video." Right. And I was like, "What?" And they made the sex video, and her mother yep. did the deal for yep. selling it. Yep. Her her mother her yep. mother sold her daughter's sex tape. Yep. As a mother, I find that a bit shocking, and I thought, well, maybe it's quite tame. It's not fucking tame. No, it's not tame. It's not tame. No, it's not tame. I wouldn't want my... And I just don't know how... I don't understand how all these girls that make sex tapes... If, if, I, if I had made a sex tape and it got out, I would not leave the house ever again. I'd be absolutely mortified. Right. But they're releasing them themselves now. But that's what... They're making them as career moves. And I was saying to my husband, oh my God, you can see everything. You can see her, you can see her vagina, you can see her. And my husband was going, why are you being so right. naive? That's what a sex tape is. It's a is. sex tape. <laughs> but I just... I just thought it might be fun, fondling boobs. Just like, it's, right. No, 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 no. Everything. It's a sex type, yeah. And then we, as a society, rewarded her by now paying her $70 million a year to do whatever the fuck it is she does. There is part of me that thinks that when we just blow up as a fucking planet, we will deserve it, and that will be the reason why. That we said to kids that, you know what, put it... Like, because what happened was Paris Hilton got really famous from the sex tape. She came from a famous family already and whatever. Is that where it all and happened? then the, the Kardashian thing was like after that. It was like, you know... And my husband said, well, she did make a lot of money. Mm, a like, lot of money. Hang on. So are you condoned... And I was going to like... I mean, she's <laughs> essentially the world's most expensive porn star. That's what she is. And I did that classic woman thing of going, okay, so if I'd made a porn a, a sex tape, you know how you sort of, you right. can manage to turn good. it around to yep. your good. husband or your partner insulting yep. you, obviously. Yep. We're, no, good, that's We well get done. that lesson in the womb. Uh-huh. Um, and so I said, so if I had done a sex tape, would, you, would I not be less appealing to you? And he went, well, you, you would be less appealing to me. But on the other hand, you're not Kim Kardashian and I'm not Kanye West. <laughs> Which I think is a very good point. I think that is a good point, but that's also a good thing. I don't think you would want to be. Like, it's. I look at their lives and I look at the. Like, I look at these people who go to, like, you know, like they're, they're always at a nightclub or a party. And I'm sure when you're those guys, like, you're going to better nightclubs and better parties than I'm going to. But the idea that every fucking night I'm at some different nightclub partying or some. It, but what? There must be no soul there. You know how when you die and your soul leaves your body, mm. you're like seven pounds or whatever, it's seven ounces lighter? Yep. I bet she's her death weight already because right. there just doesn't seem to be any fucking soul in there. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's diet secrets. <laughs> I've lost seven pounds. No, no, my soul. It just, <laughs> it literally just went out. <laughs> At last, a weight loss method that really works. Get rid of your soul. What are you doing to fit into your Oscar dress this summer? Oh, I've got rid of my soul. Completely had my soul removed. <laughs> I'm 100% arsehole now. It's fine. Uh, well, we have to get back to these things before we finish up. Uh, what I did on Valentine's Day, I, I just quickly will mention to contrast it with your idea of your gun rage. I got sick on Valentine's Day. I rarely get sick. I'm quite proud of that. And I got sick the other day. Uh, not very sick. Just like, you know, I had a cold, you know. Okay. And... Uh, I was like feeling a bit sorry for myself. I'm writing my show and it was like, I just couldn't, I had a headache and I couldn't write. And I was like, oh God, this is miserable, you know, p- bad timing. Yeah. And then uh, House of Cards series two came out on Netflix that day. So I sat in, like I lay in bed and watched 13 hours of that thing in oh a row. God. So yeah, that was my Valentine's but Day. Is that quite a nice it thing? It was lovely. I could not, this is my whole point. Like if someone said to me, like 
tonight you could go to like a party with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian at some fucking nightclub or you can watch 13 hours of you can go back to that day and not having seen series two of House of Cards and you can watch it again in bed I would I've never seen House of Cards ah well there's only two series okay I might watch it yeah do you have Netflix while you're here? I don't want everyone says that to me, but I can't work the computer. I tried to buy Netflix and then it said some problem and then I panicked and just Cause, cause the give, laptop. They'll give you like three free weeks or something to try that out. Oh, will they? So, yeah. So, like, you don't even have to, like, sign up. You can just, like, have your three free weeks okay. and watch both series of House of Oscar Cards. i films to watch before the Oscars. That's my, my thing. Oh, okay. So, t- what, have, what haven't you seen? I've not seen um, Philomena. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's very good, though. I haven't seen her yet either. I, I, I want to see it. Uh, and when out, is your tour? Your tour starts in in March. Yeah, March the second. Second. Uh, what uh, out of the films that you have seen? What do you think will win the Oscars? I hope the Dallas Buyers Club wins. I love the story and I love the acting in it. I think Jared Leto and Matthew McConaughey are brilliant in it. I feel like they will win both of the male acting awards. I, I don't think so. I don't think the movie will win, but I think I like that, the script. Right. And I like the writing in um, Nebraska. The writing in Nebraska is really good. There's one scene at the bit. Have you seen Nebraska? Yeah, I liked it. The bit where I like Alexander Payne, like in general. I like enjoy his stuff. Well, the, um, the, the line, what is it? It's an exchange where he walks in and his cousins are sitting there. And the, the mother, his, his aunt, says, oh, he's just got out of prison. And the, brother, the boy goes, the bitch lied. Do you know that scene? Oh, God, I can't like you know, they're sitting there. Actually, he's, he's going to, he goes to that. visit his cousins and he's catching up with his cousins and he goes in and um, he says, it's definitely Nebraska where yeah. the two brothers must, are sitting I, there I, and they're I, sitting I, in the, I, the w- sitting room. It's not like you're talking about characters or scenes that like, I'm like, that wasn't in the oh, movie. Right, okay, I just okay. I'm kind of going, am yeah. I thinking of another film? I, I just saw, thought. I must have, but I also saw Nebraska like the day it came out. So it was like a couple of months ago. Which is that beautiful thing where obviously he's been inside for rape, but they don't say that. I love how it plots unfolds rather than a, an exposition where you right. go remember that Saturday you know how you know how every year when we were kids we went on holiday to New York and you're like oh fuck off people don't talk like that right whereas the mother going and he's out of prison the bitch lied yeah. you're like boom right that's just such a great you've got to um uh, if you hate exposition you've got to just f- hate watch a, a show on tv called almost human it's a jj abrams show and jj abrams notoriously his shows <laughs> they're all exposition all the dialogue is exposition and you will have scenes it. where it's like well you only think that because your wife was killed by a robot <laughs> and now you have a robot leg and this person is like <laughs> i'd just be screaming at the television i'm terrible <gasps> oh it's insane so um i definitely recommend house of cards though if people okay. haven't seen it i reckon it's excellent um Karen Gillan. So you were at a, like a, a, a private Members Hollywood Club, show yeah. busy thing. And um, she was there with, with friends, of, I think mutual friends of ours actually. Mutual friends, good. Said, um, uh, this is Karen. She came over. She's like, oh, I'm from Scotland too. Okay, nice, go, I good. I fucking know. <laughs> I know where you're from. Everyone knows where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> nice to meet you. That was she it? Was very nice. That yeah. was the whole... That was it. That's, yeah. not, that's not very exciting, is it? No, yeah, that's all right, though. But she was nice. She you was felt like nice. you got a good I energy. she was a nice girl, yeah. Yeah, okay. Based on that 30 seconds, but no? I'm very judgmental. <laughs> I mean, it could have gone either way. Come <laughs> <Right. laughs> on, me with your Scottish accent and try and get in my gang, right. love. <laughs> exactly. There's only one room. There's room for one Scot in this town. And Ron Jeremy told me I could do milk porn. So... 
<laughs> Pack your bags, Gillen. Back to Scotland. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we should finish up. Um, okay. Where can people find you on the internet, Wendy, people if they want to? People can find me, um, Wendy Wason. Uh, no, Twitter up, Wendy underscore Wason. We spoke about this yes, before. Yes, Wendy underscore Wason. But I, we always like to reiterate. I give my plugs at the end of every episode because people might be listening. Because the thing with podcasts is that sometimes people are like, oh, I'm going to listen to this podcast. And they'll just grab the most recent episode. Uh, people don't go back and go, well, I, I have to start okay. at the start. I see. Well, it's Wendy underscore Wason. I'm also... Um, wendywason.co.uk if you want to get my blog yes. where I just talk about stuff. It's good your blog. I was having a read of that the other day. Oh, were you? Thank oh, you very much. Um, new show for the Edinburgh Festival. You can catch me in August. I'm writing that at the minute here. Beautiful. I've never been to Australia. I must come. I'll have to come and support you. Wow. Point. Once uh, once this podcast hits, a <laughs> couple of days, I'll come and, and you'll open have for a, you for five minutes. You'll have a little, uh, little career down Will's on his way. <laughs> <laughs> I once opened for Puppetry of the Penis. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Never walked on stage to more disappointment in my life. <laughs> They're waiting for men and their willies. And I'm like, hi. I have thought that my shows should start more interestingly. So I feel like. I can tell some interesting facts. (laughs) Hey guys, I'll be out in a minute, but in the meantime. Here's some facts from Wendy. Wendy's words of wisdom. Um, I, people can uh, okay. What am I going to plug? I've got a, I've made a list today because I've wow. been forgetting I'm things. Very organised. Uh, all things comedy network. Please go and check out the, all the podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network and check out their YouTube channel. Uh, I want to plug the last days of the Comedy Film Nerds Kickstarter. They're trying to make a, a, a documentary about uh, podcasting called Earbuds, the podcast documentary. But it's a Kickstarter. So if you love podcasts and you'd like to see people know more about podcasts, please support the Comedy Film Nerds uh, podcast. And if you want to. Um, if you don't understand what that is, uh, I have two episodes of this show recently with uh, Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood, uh, who are the guys who are trying to make it, and they're explaining all about it, so you can listen to those. But please donate. There's only a couple of days to go. My Illuminati tour starts March the 2nd in Adelaide. Uh, then it goes to Brisbane. Then it goes to Melbourne. Then it goes to Sydney. Uh, all the details, willanderson.com.au. Uh, I have to plug a charity gig I'm doing in Melbourne, particularly if there's any corporate people listening. It's like it's it's you know it's a two hundred dollar ticket or like a table for two thousand sort of thing. It's for this beautiful kid called Lewis who he's losing his sight, so they're trying to give him experiences. Like he's only oh, wow. and you know he's he's not going to really young, really young, and. So it's called Lewis Looking Forward if you want to read about it. Um, but they're trying to give him a bunch of experiences and things before he completely loses his sight oh and gosh. stuff. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, yeah. And it's, and it's going to be a great night. But it's more sort of, it's not like for, you know, people coming out for a $20 ticket or whatever. But if you work for a business and you're like, hey, you know, we're looking for something to do, like on March the 1st, it's going to be a great night. It, it'll be a really, and, you know, they're going to auction stuff. And it's, it's that end of things. So I, I really wanted to give that a plug. Um, Two more things. I've got so many things on this list, but I'm just going to go with two more things. Do them all. Do them all, Will. Do oh, them all. Should I do them do all? Do them all. Okay. Um, I'm coming back to Minneapolis. I'm coming back to Cleveland. I'm coming back to Montreal. And I will be in the UK uh, later on in the year as well because people have been asking about the rest of my tour. Um, uh, Dan Illick's Kickstarter. Dan Illick, who's been a guest on this show, he's doing a Kickstarter as well. Um, actually, a possible but, you know, they're the same sort of thing, a possible, uh, for his uh, Irrational Fear show. Uh, vote for Charlie in the Logies. Charlie is up for a Logie, so you can vote for Charlie in the Logies. Uh, and this is the big news. This is the one that I hope people have uh, stayed for. So, Wendy, I don't know how much I've explained to you this last time that uh, I've been doing this podcast now for about a year, but okay. beforehand I did this podcast with a guy called Charlie Clawson. Oh, all right. And, 
we did a podcast for two years and then he had to leave because he got a part on a, a TV show He's called Home star. and Away. Yeah. So uh, during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, uh, because his contract basically says that he can't record the podcast anymore. Okay. But we asked his employers, does that mean that he couldn't do a live version of the podcast that we can record but we might be able to put up now but maybe like when he comes back in a couple of years or whatever we can keep Mm -hmm. but people can come and see and they said yep that's fine so during the melbourne international comedy festival we will be doing a live tofop um i will have charlie on obviously and i'm guessing we'll have a bunch of people who have been guest charlies as well on the show i don't know what the details of that show are yet probably going to be in the last couple of weeks of the festival i will let you all know uh when i can but i know people have kind of i mentioned that that might be a possibility on another podcast so there you go that's the good news if you want to come and see charlie and i do tofop again uh you will have one opportunity to do that live at the melbourne international comedy festival so that's all there was a lot of plugs at the end of that one i'm sorry i liked it i'm very impressed i appreciate that well thank you wendy for being part having me.